Chapter Twenty Three of the Maid of Scar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Maid of Scar by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter Twenty Three Into Good Society. In spite of all that poor landsmen say about equinoctial gales and so on, we often have the loveliest weather of all the year in September. If this sets in, it lasts sometimes for three weeks or a month together. Then the sky is bright and fair, with a firm and tranquil blue, not so deep of tint or gentle as the blue of springtide but more truly staid and placid and far more trustworthy the sun both when he rises over the rounded hills behind the cliffs and when he sinks into the level of the width of waters shines with ripe and quiet luster to complete a year of labour as the eastern in the morning so at sunset the western heaven glows with an even flush of light through the entire depth pervading and unbroken by any cloud then at dusk the dew fog wavers in white stripes over the meadowland or in winding combs benighted pillows down and leaves its impress a sparkling path for the sun's return to my mind no other part of the year is pleasanter than this end of harvest with golden stubble and orchards gleaming and the hedgerows turning red then fish are in season and fruit is wholesome and the smell of sweet brewing is rich on the air this beautiful weather it was that tempted colonel lower and lady bluett to take a trip for the day to scar the distance from candleston court must be at least two good leagues of sandy road or rather of sand without any road for a great part of the journey therefore instead of their heavy coach they took a light two-wheeled car and a steady-going pony which was very much wiser of them also which was wiser still they had a good basket of provisions intending to make a long seaside day and expecting a lively appetite i saw them pass through newton as i chanced to be mending my nets by the well and i touched my hat to the colonel of course and took it off to the lady the colonel was driving himself so as not to be cumbered with any servant and happening to see such a basket of food i felt pretty sure there would be some over for the quality never eat like us then it came into my memory that they could not bear evan thomas and it struck me all of a sudden that it might be well worth my while to happen to meet them upon their return before they passed any poorhouses as well as to happen to be swinging an empty basket conspicuously it was a provident thought of mine and turned out as well as its foresight deserved they passed a very pleasant day at scar as i was told that evening pushing about among rocks and stones and routing out this that and the other of shells and seaweed and starfish and all the rest of the rubbish such as amuses great gentry because they have nothing to do for their living 
and though money is nothing to them they always seem to reckon what they find by money value not colonel lower of course i mean and even less lady bluette i only speak of some grand people who come raking along our beach and of all of these there was nobody with the greediness anthony stew had a crab that had died in changing his shell would hardly come amiss to him let that pass who cares about him i wish to speak of better people the colonel though he could not keep ill-will against any one on earth did not choose to be indebted to scar grange for even so much as a bite of hay for his pony partly perhaps that he might not appear to play false to his own tenantry for the nottage farmers who held of the colonel were always at feud with evan thomas therefore he baited the pony himself after easing off some of the tackle and moored him to an ancient post in a little sheltered hollow their rations also he left in the car for even if any one did come by none would ever think of touching this good magistrate's property quite early in the afternoon their appetites grew very brisk by reason of the crisp sea-breeze and sparkling freshness of the waves accordingly after consultation they agreed that the time was come to see what crumpy their honest old butler had put into the basket the colonel held his sister's hand to help her up rough places and breasting a little crest of rushes they broke upon a pretty sight which made them both say hush and wonder in a hollow place of sand spread with dry white bones skates pouches blades of cuttlefish sea snail shells and all the other things that storm and sea drive into and out of the sands a very tiny maid was sitting holding audience all alone she seemed to have no sense at all of loneliness or of earthly trouble in the importance of the moment and the gravity of play before her sat three little dolls arranged according to their rank cleverly posted in chairs of sand the one in the middle was patty green the other two strange imitations fashioned by young watkins knife each was urging her claim to shells which the mistress was dispensing fairly and with good advice to each then laughing at herself and them and trying to teach them a nursery song which broke down from forgetfulness and all the while her quick bright face and the crisp grain of her attitudes and the jerk of her thick short curls were enough to make any one say what a queer little soul therefore it is not to be surprised at that colonel lower could not make her out or that while he was feeling about for his eyeglasses of best crystal his sister was as behooves a female rasher to express opinion for she had lost a little girl and sometimes grieved about it still what a queer little dear little thing henry i never saw such a child where can she have dropped from did you see any carriage come after us it is useless to tell me that she can belong to any of the people about here look at her forehead and look at her manners and how she touches everything now did you see that what a wonderful child every movement is grace and delicacy oh you pretty darling 
her ladyship could wait no longer for the colonel's opinion which he was inclined to think of ere he should come out with it and she ran down the sand-hill almost faster than became her dignity but if she had been surprised before how was she astonished now at bardie's reception of her dunna tush ni tushy pa si vous pay ali dollies is ye good just going to dinny and he mustn't pour their appetites and the little adam arose and moved lady bluett's skirt out of her magic circle and then having saved her children she stood scarcely up to the lady's knee and looked at her as much as to ask are you of the quality and being well satisfied on that point she made what the lady declared to be the most elegant curtsey she ever had seen meanwhile the colonel was coming up in a dignified manner and leisurely perceiving no cause to rush through rushes and knowing that his sister was often too quick this had happened several times in the matter of beggars and people on crutches and skin collectors and such like who cannot always be kept out of the way of ladies and his worship the colonel had been compelled to endeavour to put a stop to it therefore as the best man in the world cannot in reason be expected to be in a moment abreast with the sallies of even the best womankind but likes to see to the bottom of it the colonel came up crustily eleanor can you not see that the child does not wish for your interference her brothers and sisters are sure to be here from kenfig most likely or at any rate some of her relations and busy perhaps with our basket no said the child looking up at him i's got no lations now all gone aye but i'll come back de morrow day why henry what are we thinking of this must be the poor little girl that was wrecked and i wanted you so to come down and see her but you refused on account of her being under the care of farmer thomas no my dear not exactly that but on account of the trouble in the house i did not like to appear to meddle whatever your reason was answered the lady no doubt you were quite right but now i must know more of this poor little thing come and have some dinner with us my darling i am sure you must be hungry don't be afraid of the colonel he loves little children when they are good but poor bardie hung down her head and was shy which never happened to her with me or any of the common people she seemed to know as if by instinct that she was now in the company of her equals lady bluett however was used to children and very soon set her quite at ease by inviting her dolls and coaxing them and listening to their histories and all the other little turns that unlock the hearts of innocence so it came to pass that the castaway dined in good society for the first time since her great misfortune here she behaved so prettily and i might say elegantly that colonel lower who was of all men the most thoroughly just and upright felt himself bound to confess his error in taking her for a kenfig nobody now as it happened to be his birthday the lady had ordered mr crumpy the butler to get a bottle of the choicest wine and put it into the hamper without saying anything to the colonel so that she might drink his health and persuade him to do himself the like good turn having done this she gave the child a drop in the bottom of her own wine-glass which the little one tossed off most fluently and with a sigh of contentment said i's not had a dop o that yiny piny ever since somethin 
"'Why, what wine do you call it, my little dear?' the colonel asked, being much amused with her air of understanding it. "'Doesn't a know,' she replied with some pity. "'Nat's hot I calls a dop a good sampane.' "'Give her some more,' said the colonel. "'Upon my word, she deserves it. "'Eleanor, you were right about her. "'She is a wonderful little thing.' all the afternoon they kept her with them being more and more delighted with her as she began to explain her opinions and waddy who came to look after her was sent home with a shilling in his pocket and some of the above i learned from him and some from mr crumpy who was a very great friend of mine and apart from little bardie and the rest even from her good ladyship except what trifles i add myself being gifted with power of seeing things that happen in my absence this power has been in my family for upwards of a thousand years coming out and forming great bards sometimes and at other times great story-tellers therefore let no one find any fault or doubt any single thing i tell them concerning some people who happen just now to be five or six shelves in the world above me for i have seen a great deal of the very highest society when i cleaned my earl's pumps and epaulets and waited upon him at breakfast and i know well how those great people talk not from observation only but by aid of my own fellow-feeling for them which perhaps owes its power of insight not to my own sagacity only but to my ancestors lofty positions as poets to royal families now although i may have mentioned this to the man of the press whose hat appeared to have undergone press experience i have otherwise kept it quite out of sight because every writer should hold himself entirely round the corner and discover his hand but not his face to as many as kindly encourage him of late however it has been said not by people of our own parish who have seen and heard me at the well and elsewhere but by persons with no more right than power to form opinions that i cannot fail of breaking down when i come to describe great people to these my answer is quite conclusive from my long connection with royalty lasting over a thousand years i need not hesitate to describe the prince of wales himself and inasmuch as his royal highness is not of pure ancient british descent i verily doubt whether he could manage to better my humble style to my liking enough of that i felt doubts at beginning but i find myself stronger as i get on you may rely upon me now to leave the question to your own intelligence the proof of the pudding is in the eating and if any one fears that i cannot cook it i only beg him to wait and see lady bluett was taken so much with my bardie and the colonel the same though he tried at first to keep it under that nothing except their own warm kindness stopped them from making off with her the lady had vowed that she would do so for it would be so much for the little soul's good and of course so far as legality went the chief justice of the neighbourhood had more right to her than a common rough farmer but waddy came down being sent by moxy after he went home with that shilling and must needs make show of it he came down shyly from habit of nature to the black eyebrows of the tide where the colonel and bardie were holding grand play with the top of the spring running up to them she was flying at the wink of every wave and trying to push him back into it and he was laughing with all his heart at her spry ways and audacity and the quickness of her smiles and frowns and the whole of her nature one whirl of play till he thought nothing more of his coat-tails 
"'What do you want here, boy?' the colonel asked, being not best pleased that a man of his standing should be caught in the middle of such antics. Watkin opened his great blue eyes and opened his mouth as well, but could not get steerage way on his tongue, being a boy of great reverence. "'Little fellow, what are you come for?' with these words. He smiled on the boy and was vexed with himself for frightening him. "'Oh, sir, oh, sir, if you please, sir, mother says as Miss Delushy must come home to bed, sir.' ego aye now e bad yatkin i ont's more pay with my dear colonel yucca i am not at all sure said the colonel laughing that i shall not put her into my car and drive away with her watkin you may go home my good boy and tell your mother that we have taken this poor little dear to candleston this of course was lady bluett you should have seen watkin's face they told me when i came to hear of it betwixt his terror of giving offence and his ignorance how to express his meaning and the sorrow he felt on his mother's account and perhaps his own pain also not a word had he to say but made a grope after the baby's hands then the little child ran up to him and flung both arms around his leg and showed the stanchness of her breed could any one even of six years old better enter into it i yoves yatkin yatkin is i good and kind and i yoves poor moki i won't go aye till my dear papa and my dear mamma comes for me lady bluett being quick and soft could not keep her tears from starting and the colonel said it must be so we might have done a great wrong my dear consider all and here he whispered out of watkins hearing and the lady nodded sadly having known what trouble is but the last words he spoke bravely god has sent her for a comfort where he saw that it was needed we must not give way to a passing fancy against a deep affliction only we will keep our eyes upon this little orphan darling End of chapter twenty three